Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome into the Fan Afternoon Show. Scott Gorotsky of CBS 58, Sam Schmitz, coming to you live from Lakeland University Studios, offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. Fan Afternoon Show opening segment brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer. Charging a cell phone can be like getting a booster shot, a booster given to enhance or restore protection after a primary series vaccination, which wanes over time. Schedule an appointment when you are eligible. Sam, we finally have some games to talk about. We finally have some actual action to talk about on the Fan Afternoon Show today. We do. And not only is it a crucial Brewers series, but on top of that, Packers football is officially here. And then, man, oh, man. I know it's the preseason, and I told myself I wouldn't get too, you know, too worked up. And yeah, all that. but it's football, and it's here. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's uh, I, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I never want to get too excited about the preseason, and I'll be honest, I watched, I watched a couple of minutes of the Patriots game yesterday, and I watched a couple of minutes of the Hall of Fame game, and then I turned it back on when Leroy was on in the uh, third quarter. But I, I, I've watched a little bit, and each time I watch, I get a little sadder just about my life choices that I'm doing it because it's terrible. But here I am excited for Packers football to be back against the 49ers today. Well, I mean, at the same time, too, like in those games, you just know that half of those guys, if not three-quarters of them, are not going to be on the NFL roster. And then on top of that, well, at least I assume they'll be playing Jordan Love, I hope, damn near the entire game. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think you'll see a first half, and I think if the half goes well, I think he's done, and you'll have Danny Etling, and then he'll play probably three-quarters, maybe even the whole game for, for game two. Yeah. Uh, but that's assuming he does well. He plays the first half, doesn't play well. I, I think you're probably seeing him out for a couple series in the, the third quarter. We'll be talking a little more Packers around uh, the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Be joined by Peter Bukowski of uh, Locked On Packers podcast at, at 5. Right now, we're going to start out a little bit more on the Brewers' side of things, and it's weird. We've been on five days. This is the second day I think we have a game to actually preview of those five. And it's a big game, and it's a big series. Brewers taking on the Cardinals. It has been split down the middle so far this year. Each team has won six games of their 12. So I believe there's only two series left between the two. Uh, there's a, a quick one towards the end of the season in late September that's going to be at uh, American Family Field. Could end up being for the division. But uh, at this point... Real hard to handicap this race. There have been ups and downs for both. The Cardinals were unbelievably hot over the last week and a half while the Brewers were struggling, but now the Cardinals have started to come back to life and lost a couple while the Brewers 
obviously are on a two-game winning streak from the Rays. I think we looked at the pitching matchups yesterday. Today is Montgomery and Lauer, right? So, yeah, two so, pair, yeah. pair of southpaws going at it tonight. It's a pair of southpaws that are both around the same. Yeah, you're expecting to get six innings from them. They might be good. They might be okay. They might be a little worse than okay, but they're they're decent enough pitchers. Uh, the next day is, uh, what, Ashby against Michaelis? No, Saturday will be Burns versus Wainwright. Oh, yeah, that's the big and one. Then, and the, then Ashby, Michaelis right. is Sunday. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the Brewers are in position where, theoretically, you'd like the pitching matchups of the first two games better than the third. The third is probably the one that's the, the least in their favor. So, you win two out of three of this, I don't really care who it is, even if they lose the Corbin Burns game. If they win two out of three, you got to be thrilled at that point. If they win two out of three, the Brewers are back in first place. It's only a half-game difference between the two of them right now. But we're looking also longer-term with the Brewers. Where are they in terms of the National League? To me, the winner of the the Brewers-Cardinals series, or Brewers-Cardinals division, ultimately, at the end of the the two months, it's great. They're going to have some home games. They're the worst division winner. They're the worst division winner by a decent amount. They're worse than a couple of the other teams that aren't in the division as well, in my opinion. I mean, I'm kind of worried about looking at the— I know they added the extra wildcard spot this year, but I think it's more important than ever to win the National League Central this year for the Milwaukee Brewers because— just looking at the current playoff race right now, I mean, I know they're a half game behind St. Louis for the division, but if I'm looking at the wild card spots right now, it's Atlanta, Philadelphia, and San Diego. And quite frankly, Atlanta and San Diego, I'm pretty much punching their tickets in. I know San Diego struggled recently, but I'm a little worried about if it's going to come down between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Milwaukee Brewers. Philly's got a pretty damn good offense. They got a pretty good one-two punch in the pitching staff and Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. So we shall see. I mean, I'm kind of surprised, though, too, that I thought San Francisco was going to be there throughout the year. And now they are seven and a half games behind. Yeah, they were kind of a wild team last year where they were just they were so much better than they were supposed to be. And this year they've been terrible compared yeah. to what they were supposed to be, but probably more in line with what we thought they were going to be going into last year. doesn't help that, you know, Crawford, Belt, all those guys are – uh, Wade, every everyone has taken a huge step down for the the Giants so far this year. They're they're kind of having the offensive numbers. I feel like that a lot of the more pessimistic Brewers fans think that the Brewers have currently because yeah, right now yeah. the Brewers offense isn't that bad. It, it's been much better. Mm-hmm. No, it is not Goldschmidt and Arenado. No, it is certainly not the Dodgers or Padres. But it it, it is it is not a bad offense like it has been. Right. So when we boil it down to when we talk about where all these National League contenders are going to be at the end of the year, I think it's going to be the exact same teams that you're looking at right now. I mean, San Francisco is going to have to get real, real hot in order yeah, to just no be Although in the Although they race, didn't so. sell. I mean, I, I thought they'd no. be getting ready to Rodon. But. Exactly. So, I mean, San Francisco could be there, but I think it's going to be the teams that you're looking at right now, these, these seven teams that are in contention between the Dodgers, the Mets, the Cardinals, the Braves, the Phillies, the Padres, and Milwaukee. And quite frankly, I mean – I think aside from the Dodgers, the Mets, and the Braves, I think Philadelphia, St. Louis, San Diego, and Milwaukee are kind of in that same, I don't know, same pot of teams that have very good parts of the, one of their staffs, whether it be pitching or the offense for a lot of these teams. Sometimes for like St. Louis, it's it's obviously the offense. The pitching is okay, but it's not anywhere near what the Brewers have for the pitching, and the Brewers are lacking on offense, so... It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out because, quite frankly, the Braves look like the real deal again this year and are a lot healthier than they were last year. So Yeah, and they've struggled a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but not anything to be 
no. super concerned about. I'm surprised they're only three and a half ahead of the Phillies looking at this right now. But I, I agree with you. I think the Braves are in. Obviously, the division winners uh, and the other two divisions are already win- in. They've basically clinched already. Right. And the Padres, the Padres are right around the same record as the Brewers, Cardinals, and, and Phillies. But there's no way. No. I mean, they, they're in. So it, it, in my book, it's you got three teams fighting for two spots. One of those two has to go to the winner of the NL Central. I think both of the NL Central teams get in. Uh, ultimately, I'm not entirely sure who I think is going to win the division. I guess I'd give it to the Brewers right now. They have a better schedule down the stretch, and you know that that ends up mattering a lot when you're talking about just a two month stretch to to close things out. But either way, I think the Phillies maybe they're just a step below. The Phillies also do have to play in a division with two bona fide playoff teams, while the uh, Cardinals and Brewers get to enjoy having, what, 55 games, roughly, between yeah. the uh, the Pirates, the Reds, and the Cubs. It's interesting, though, with Philadelphia particularly because their offense has been so unique this season, how they brought in Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos, and I think Schwarber just injured, I believe it was a calf. Yeah. Um, and Nick Castellanos really been has terrible. been terrible all year long. Yeah, but but Bryce Harper looks like he's going to be returning pretty soon and will once again probably be DHing for the Phillies, so... They'll be getting some reinforcements back on offense. The Brewers, they'll be getting some reinforcements before the playoffs back uh, on the pitching staff. I believe Adrian Hauser made another rehab start, his second one. I believe Adam McAlvey had the update. Let's see if I can find it here real quick. As yeah, I my... think he was AAA, I want to say, yesterday. Yeah. But By the way, if you want to call in, talk about the uh, rankings of the nationally contenders, where the Brewers and Cardinals are as they head into this three-game series in St. Louis, be sure to call in 414-677-1250. 414-677-1250 or tweet us at 1250 AM the fan. If you were wondering Adrian Hauser's line from his last rehab assignment for the AAA at Nashville sounds three innings pitched, one run, not earned, no hits, three walks, and four strikeouts. He threw 48 pitches and 24 strikes. Yeah, so that's not what you're looking for from a strike-to-ball to combination there, and you're not looking for three walks, but it is three relatively clean innings without having too much damage done. I mean, it as long as he's at least able to be back in the next couple of weeks, it's fine. Right. And and you're not looking for Adrian Hauser to come in and save the season. It's not the same as, as Bryce Harper. You're not looking for that kind of an impact. You're looking for someone who can either, in the playoffs, likely pitch out of the bullpen for now. My guess is they don't go to a six-man rotation down the stretch. I know they, they did at the start of the year. I think when you have the, the month and a half left in the season that there will be when Hauser's back. If he does go into the rotation right away, I think it's just, you know, you take Ashby and you put him on the same plan that Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, Josh Hader, when he was originally originally coming up as a starter, all of those guys were on during the postseason and the postseason pushes of, all right, we'll let you start eventually. For now, you're going to put all your 110% and all those other coach cliches into pitching one or two innings and just leave it all out there on that on that aspect. Do you think they could piggyback Ashby with Hauser too? Maybe before the yeah. before the postseason. Obviously in the postseason, I think both those guys are going to the bullpen. But for the remainder of the regular season, I mean, you could have Absolutely. the, the yeah. righty start a few innings and then bring in Aaron Ashby, which I think might benefit him because earlier this season before he rejoined the bullpen, that's that's where he was most dominant in that role, is that he would come in late in games and pitch two, three innings, sometimes close out the game if they had a big enough lead. So I just think, you know, Ashby could be such a weapon in the postseason that I want to try to find a role before the postseason does arrive because, man, oh, man, would it be nice to have just a a left-handed pitcher pitch 
two innings, three innings in the postseason that has a 97-mile-per-hour sinker and all these pitches that go and everywhere. At that point, you have everything you want in the bullpen. You'll yeah. have two good lefties who are normal one-inning guys and Taylor Rogers, assuming that he is back to where he uh, was at the start of the season, and Hobie Milner. Mm-hmm. You'll also have a longer guy in Ashby. Right hand, you have Boxberger, you have uh, Devin Williams, and you also have Adrian Hauser potentially coming out for for longer innings. So it you have to like what the bullpen looks like, in my opinion, uh, for the playoffs. Obviously, I think it looks a little better with a, a certain lefty in San Diego in there, but right. it's still, <laughs> and not to mention Matt Bush also is a righty. I mean, it, it, that that's a solid bullpen no matter what. It's just a matter of whether it could have been an A-plus bullpen instead of an A bullpen. Yeah. Uh, we did have uh, Gary tweeting in at us at uh, 1250 AM, the fan saying the Cardinals will be division winners. Brewers blew it at the trade deadline, gutted the heart from this team. I think that's the majority sentiment how most fans still feel about the Brewers. But once again, I think after this two-game series against the Rays, I think they kind of put that in the past and decided to be the professionals that they are. And I think we hear momentum a lot because it's just a word that you know we can talk about when we have to fill three hours of a radio show uh, yeah. before games. It's a 162-game season, and that momentum swing, it, it does change a lot. So I, I get where Gary's coming from. Again, I, I thought that if when they were in that one and five stretch against the the two terrible teams in the division after the hater trade, if that went on for a couple more weeks, then yeah, uh, that that would have sank the season. It didn't. They broke it with the the Rays. They broke it with the Rays not only in terms of winning two games, but the way they won that second game on Wednesday with the walk off. It, it sort of reset the team. And now when you're looking at momentum, whoever wins this series is going to have it. Right. It's not going to matter anymore uh, in terms of momentum. It does matter in terms of the team, but it's not going to matter anymore whether or not the the players were upset a week and a half ago. It is going to matter if they leave Bush Stadium in first place. I think a lot of times, too, people, myself included, sometimes we get too caught up in the on paper of how these teams look. And we just got to remind ourselves that baseball is, is such a weird and unique game being played out when it actually has to happen because – I mean, how can you not point at the team that has Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt on, on the offense? But sometimes it doesn't always work out where the guys that have the better, you know, the team that has the better guys, sometimes it doesn't work out like that. I mean, the Yankees just struggled against the Seattle Mariners again. And on top of that, like, how many times did we see in 2018 on top of that when before game 163, I mean, you had guys like Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez. Grand, you had an MVP version of Christian Yelich and a 300-hitting Lorenzo Cain, but... I mean, sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. And I think with the Brewers pitching staff, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think you can count them out because, let's be honest, Corbin Burns, he's been dynamite this year, and he's been talking about it all season long. Being the perfectionist that he is, he thinks he can still get better, which is mm-hmm. always scary to think about. Brandon Woodruff's been amazing ever since coming back from the IL. Yeah, eventually. he has been so much better than the start of the season, which not, you knew he'd turn it around eventually, yeah. but he, he's he been great. You're not going to see Freddie Peralta in this series, but he's going to be crucial for this 13-game stretch, and hopefully he'll finally be stretched out by then. So really it just comes down to Eric Lauer and Aaron Ashby to really step up for the Bruce. And I think Trevor got to, man, I'm keeping a good eye on him because if he can get back to what he was earlier in the season, where he was he was the Holby Milner of the beginning of the season, pitching in clutch spots and all that this this Brewers bullpen is going to be deep and there's well, a lot of guys some choices too right. at some point there's there's a there are a lot of arms in that bullpen you're going to be forgetting about the Nelson Lamette that's for sure if uh, everything goes right for if the Brewers everything in that goes bullpen, according to plan yeah, yeah. that's the, we'll, that's the we'll, thing yeah we'll we'll see how it ends up going but as we uh, continue our Brewers talk here on 1250 a.m the fan we'll take a break when we come back we're going to talk about all those guys who we mentioned, the the Corbin Burns is, uh, the Hunter Renfro, Hobie Milner, Rowdy Telez, 
Who's the most important brewer as you go through the rest of this season? Who's the one who kind of needs to drive the bus for the team, set the tone as they're going in this playoff push and starting this crucial three-game series against the Cardinals? Love your calls. 414-677-1250. 414-677-1250. You are listening to the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM. Welcome back to the Fan Afternoon Show. Scott Gradsky and Sam Schmitz. Be sure to check out 2400 Sports' MLB coverage with big-time baseball Former players Cody Decker, Tony Gwynn Jr., along with MLB insider John Heyman, sit down every week to cover all the moving parts of Major League Baseball on the field, in the clubhouse, and in the front office. These guys have you covered with complete breakdowns of every team and player worth noting on a week-to-week basis. New episodes of Big Time Baseball every Monday on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts. Brewers getting ready to start their three-game series against the Cardinals. We do have the lineup out for the Brewers. We'll go through it real quick. Lead off, as you'd expect. Yelich playing in left field. Shortstop Willie Adamas will be two. McCutcheon at DH3. Sam's favorite, Mike Brasso, will be your uh, cleanup hitter at third base. Why? Why? I mean, I get he drove in an RBI the last game, but why are we doing this? Stacking righties against the lefties a little bit here. Hunter Renfro, five. Keston Hira will be playing first base at six. Hey, he hit a lefty. Yeah. Hopefully things turn around for Keston against left-handed pitchers. But he did hit one, so. Finally. And then that, he's still... He is not my most important brewer down the stretch. We'll get to that in a second, but he is my X-Factor brewer down the stretch. He is the one who I, I would I would love to see something from him. He still has the tools that made him a first-round pick. He still has the tools that made him a great player in 2020, and I I I, I have high expectations for him uh, down the stretch. Rest of the uh, order, uh, Luis Arias at second base is hitting seven. Victor Caratini gets the start at catcher eight, and uh, rounding out the order, Tyrone Taylor in center field, Eric Lauer will be on the mound. So most important brewer down the stretch for me, it's Christian Yelich. It's uh, it's been two years since Christian Yelich was MVP. Christian Yelich. We've seen him go MVP. Christian Yelich. We've seen him go injured. Christian Yelich. We've seen him go, you know, below replacement level player, Christian Yelich. And now since moving to the leadoff spot, we've seen him back to being a solid player, maybe an all-star fringe player, probably a little bit below that right now playing at a much better level. And I think between the money that he is getting paid and the spot that he now is in the order and the leadoff spot, he sets the tone in every way for the Brewers offensively. And he might not be their most productive offensive player. So far, Rowdy Telez has been awesome. Don't like not seeing him in the lineup again, by the way. Uh, He has been awesome. Hunter Renfro, when he's been healthy, has been pretty spectacular. Uh, And... You know, it's a little bit. You're comparing it to last year's outfield edition, Jackie Bradley Jr. A little better than that. Uh, but to me, Yelich sets the tone for this squad, and Yelich is going to have to continue to deliver out of the leadoff spot for them to make a playoff run and really for them to make any sort of run in the playoffs themselves. I've just ran out of patience. I mean, with Christian Yelich, it's, he's, I'm happy that he's at least doing better than what he was beforehand when he got bumped up to the leadoff spot, but... Man, myself and Tim Allen and Toby, we've all been waiting for Christian Yelich this year. We still have yet to really see a, quote, clutch hit from Christian Yelich all year. There's no really no clutch aside from if you want to you know, count the sacrifice fly against the Phillies on Sunday Night Baseball all the way in the beginning of the season. I mean, you're still waiting for that. And on top of that, like it's great to see what he's doing right now, but all you need really at this point, you just want to see the power come back. I mean, Cody Bellinger out in L.A., I mean, he's finally hitting for pop again. So it's going to be – I mean, if you do get – something or even even a couple games down the stretch or in the playoffs for the Brewers, it's going to be so huge for this offense, doing what they've already been 
just, I don't know, kind of scratching and clawing their way to get a couple runs lately uh, after the All-Star break. But, yeah, I agree with you. Christian Yelich, definitely number one on the board. I think, aside from that, you just want to see Willie Adamas and, and Rowdy Telez and Hunter Renfro in the playoffs really be the guys that they have been all season long. And you just don't want to see kind of what happened last year with uh, everybody just kind of vanishing <laughs> when yeah. it came to putting up runs. But for me, I think uh, really there's two guys that I really am ho- kind of hoping that they can heat up or continue to stay hot uh, going into the postseason. That's Colton Wong and Luis Arias for me. Because Luis Arias, I mean, last year, aside from Avi Garcia, was your club leader for home runs. And then Colton Wong was such a big part of this Brewers offense last year and can really, it's unfortunately he's never going to be the leadoff hitter again for the Milwaukee Brewers with Christian Yelich up there right now, but he can really be a guy who can also add some pop and get some rallies going. So I think for Luis Arias, it's going to be very important for him just because we've seen it when he came back from injury and to begin the season, got a little cold, had another injury. And then so far lately he had a couple walk-off hits and all that, but it'll just make the Brewers uh, offense just deeper and even a, more of a formidable opponent. Yeah, I, I'd like to see between Arias, Wong, and Keston Hira, you'd love to have by the playoff time two of those guys be, all right, we can rely on them. We can rely on them consistently. And someone else comes in off the bench and, and you, uh, you know, close your eyes, throw a dart at the board and hope for what's best. But you'd love to see something from them on a consistent basis. I was looking while you were talking, I was, you know, not listening because that's that's what people do in conversations. I was looking up Christian Yelich's uh, leadoff <laughs> spots, and uh, since he moved to the leadoff spot, he's hitting two ninety two. Yeah, you're not going to be asking for much more out of a guy as long as you're not expecting MVP level. No, just... that's that's about as good as you're going to get from a leadoff spot. Uh, on base percentage is over forty or four four no, over four hundred. Slugging is not where you want it to be for him. That's that's just the one so, thing. It's it's obviously I can't really criticize him too much because he is getting on base. He's hitting a lot better than what he has been the past couple of years. But and just, I want to say he's sixteen stolen bases this year too. Oh man, his base running is uh, out of I this mean, world. He he's if you get rid of what he was in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen and go back to what he was when they made the trade for him, this is about what you expected from Christian Yelich. Yeah, he he is a He's not as good a defender as he was when he came in, but he is a plus player who is getting on base at the leadoff spot. Right. I mean, which he, for years, the Brewers had no leadoff hitter. If he put up those numbers all season long at the leadoff spot, I mean, he'd probably be in conversation for a silver slugger, especially yeah. in today's baseball where like a 240 average is league, is league minimum. Yeah. I, there, There's nothing wrong with the way he's been playing other than that when you compare it to 2018. It's, oh my God, where'd the power go? Yeah. But like you said, if you took away those two years, um, it's really just who Christian Yelich is. Yeah. And to be honest, that's that's a good thing because I think that those are my expectations, or at least my hopes, going into the season when we did our like preseason predictions and all that. We obviously, you know, guessed what people's stat lines would be and all that. And I told Rami, I mean, I, look, if you can just get Miami Marlins, Silver Slugger, Christian Yelich, an 800 OPS, that's good enough for me. Yeah, to be I mean, honest, his WAR is 2.2. I mean, he, he's not been bad this year once he switched no. to leadoff it's aside from him there's there were other people on this Brewers offense that needed to step up he was doing I wouldn't say his part but he's doing a job that others weren't really stepping up I mean Willie Adamas is finally getting on base a little more often still hitting home runs Rowdy Telez was pretty cold up until um after the all-star break and Hunter Renfro kind of obviously couldn't keep up that crazy home run pace but you know, if, if Christian Yelich does his job and the other guys at least get close to what they were for their career norm, the Spurs' offense is pretty damn good. And it just, everything feels better when the leadoff hitter is doing well 
and everything feels better when the star of the team is doing well, which right or wrong with the way he got paid, Yelich is still the star of the team, especially, you know, offensively with the bats. So uh, to me, he's got to be the most important guy going forward. If they're going to make that run and beat the Cardinals for the division, he's got to continue to play well. If they're going to make a run in the playoffs, he's got to go from playing well to playing great, playing phenomenally, maybe having some of that power come back because, you know, I mean, it seems like it's gone, but it had to have gone somewhere. I I, I don't know. I mean, he, he's still he's putting much better swings together this year than what we've seen uh, in the past couple of years ever since that injury. We'll talk a little more Brewers, uh, also maybe a little Bucks with Craig Kashan, Valley Sports Wisconsin. That's coming up in a minute here on the Fan Afternoon. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions Questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back to the Fan Afternoon Show. Scott Karatsky of CBS 58. We're joined by Craig Kashan on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. And this segment brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer. Charging a cell phone can be like getting a booster shot. Booster given to enhance or restore protection after a primary series vaccination, which wanes over time. Schedule an appointment when you are eligible. Craig, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time. Not a problem at all. How are you doing today? We're doing pretty good. We, uh, we've had a little bit of a light week, but we've got some actual, you know, bona fide Wisconsin sports and some big games coming up. Obviously, uh, Craig, one of the Brewers hosts on Bally Sports Wisconsin. You can follow him on Twitter at Craig Kashan. Uh, Craig, it's been kind of an up and down month, so to speak, for the, the Brewers. I know you've been you've been uh, on the, the host desk quite a bit. What's the, the feel been like for the Brewers? Well, I mean, it was uh, quite honestly, you know, such a change after uh, they traded away Josh Hader. It was uh, such a night and day because they were playing really well before that. You know, post All Star break, and um, and then you know, just getting through the initial, I think, shock of losing, you know, such a high quality uh, player and teammate, um, obviously, has taken some time. And, and I hope really what we saw against uh, Tampa in that two game sweep um, midweek here this week is is a sign that this team, you know, has returned. And I mean, let's face it, Scott, we we know this team is only good when they're collectively in it together. And I, and I think there was a little bit of, um, you 
know, going through that process of like, how, how did one of our best players just get traded away? We're in first place. Um, and, and I think once they kind of got through that, they've, you know, hopefully are going to be in a spot now where they're just going to, you know, rebond, if you will, and, um, and figure it out from here out. And it's a major test here tonight against the Cardinals, that's for sure. Was it as simple as just getting a couple of wins? Because you, you mentioned the clubhouse. I mean, over the last, what, five, six years since the, the Yelich and Kane day when they were both brought in, we've seen a lot of different iterations of the clubhouse. Initially, it was led by Kane. Uh, then there was the, what, the claws up with uh, Willie Adamas, the Infinity Gauntlet this year, the Bell. They've gone through a lot of different things. And, and to me, in the last five, six years, I've never seen them look the way they did a week and a half ago when everyone was, you know, the the Devin Williams interview that was circulated across social media. Is that done once you win two games? Um, I don't know if it's done yet. I, I think that's still the ultimate question, you know. I think you, you just have to, in baseball, take these signs, you know, a little bit at a time, especially when you go through a major change like that. Um, at the time of the season that they're going through it. Um, I, I guess that's uh, the beauty and the flaw of playing every day, um, you know, for six months. Uh, if you're down, you have to weather the storm. You know, if you're up, you got to figure out a way to, to stay up. And they've had their ups and downs this year. I mean, quite honestly, what they went through last week was more probably draining emotionally than it was on the actual wins and losses. Because remember, in June, they did have an eight-game losing streak. And, and that was actually, um, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, you're measured by wins and losses. So that actually looked worse than what we saw the team go through this past week. So um, two games, does it make a difference? It certainly can. Is it guaranteed to? Certainly not. Yeah, I remember Hunter Renfro said something a couple days ago about, you know, this is bad, but it's not as bad as that eight-game stretch they had. Uh, yeah. In June, yeah. we're, we're joined right now, Craig Kashan, Brewers and Bucks host on Valley Sports Wisconsin. You can follow him at Craig Kashan on Twitter. Uh, before you came on, we were just talking most important Brewer down the stretch when they have this this month and a half to to finish the season. For my money, it, it's Christian Yelich between what he means to the team financially and what he means to the team offensively. He kind of drives the bus and sets the tone in my eyes, and that's you know any leadoff hitter does that to an extent. But when it's a leadoff hitter who was an MVP, should have been a two-time MVP, who did come back from he had his injury, he had his slump with the injury, wasn't great to start this year. But since moving to the leadoff spot, hitting 292 now, and it, it, it seems like it's a totally different guy out there. Yeah, I mean, that that's a hard one not to go with as well. I, I was asked at the All-Star break who I thought the, the biggest surprise on the team was in the first half. And, and I actually went with Yelich because at the time they had moved him to the leadoff spot. And, and let's face it, I mean, as far as batting averages go, uh, I don't think there's anybody on this team hitting over 265 right now, which is which is a stunner. But, but Yelich has done such a great job from that leadoff spot. Um, one of the best in the league, actually, since the All-Star break. I think he has the best leadoff batting average since the All-Star break at like 409, if I'm not mistaken. So... Uh, can that continue with that clip? I think he's capable of doing some great things. Um, the big thing about him, Scott, is he's he's healthy. And I think a healthy Christian Yelich at this time of year, he's done it before at 18 and 19 where he turned it on in the second half. Um, it would be great to see 
maybe that power return a little bit for him, maybe uh, maybe more gap-to-gap type of uh, type hitting, but it's a different role now in that leadoff spot. Just getting on base and setting the table for some big bats behind him is such a key here right now. So, yes, that must continue. Um, I'm looking for more power uh, on a consistent basis the rest of the year out of a guy like Hunter Renfro. Um, he's done it before. Rowdy Telez. I'd like to see him be a little less streaky with the home run bat and a little bit more consistent across the board in the final six weeks. So, um, and, and Willie Damas, I think, is starting to come on as well. I mean, we all know his batting average is really low this season for what he's used to. Um, you know, if he can turn it up a notch, too, and, and, and get hot, even, even better than what he's doing now, um, I think there's some good things offensively to come with this team. Yeah, I thought it was nice to see Willie get the uh, the game-winning hit, not only against his old team, but to have it not be a home run in a weird way. That that hasn't been his problem this year. He, he's certainly had the power, so it was nice to see just a regular old base hit uh, deliver for them. Uh, as you look at the, the bullpen and the reshuffled bullpen, how do you see this shaping out? Because we, we were just talking through it, and when we're talking, especially if you're talking playoffs, when you'd expect... Hauser, Ashby to be back and potentially in the bullpen. There are a lot of arms that are are MLB ready and MLB playoff ready and only so many innings to go. Yeah, I mean, that to me is the biggest question mark. As we talked earlier, just about the team being hopefully in a, in a, in a better mental state and winning those two games against Tampa. Uh, the biggest question mark is, you know, they did it without – deciding yet how the back end of this bullpen is going to work out. I think we saw a glimpse in, in what Bush was able to do with that save on uh, on uh, Tuesday. Um, you know, and maybe it's going to come down to a little more matchups like that, but I think really the bottom line for as effective as Devin Williams is, I think he simply has to be your closer. I think, um, you know, his mindset has to be that. I think he's got to want it. And I, and I think it'll eventually come down to, you know, having him be the guy who's, who's going to be positioned to do that. Um, I'm not sure about Trevor Rogers. I, you know, it's, uh, it's really disappointing to find out, you know, he's got tendonitis in his knee. I mean, it's pretty, those legs are pretty important on a pitcher. A lot of people think it's always the arms, but it's, it's also the legs. And it may have a lot to do with, you know, his downfall in the last month or two. Um, so, it's going to be a little work in progress. I'm still not under, I don't understand the whole uh, Rosenthal acquisition and uh, how he's going to help this club, if he's going to help this club. So um, some things are yet to be determined. And, and this might go down to the wire, um, really, who's going to contribute and who's not with this, uh, with this reestablished bullpen. And it never never hurts to have too many arms, especially now the the Brewers starting a 13 game stretch. Not a lot of rest in that stretch either, with uh, three games against the Cardinals, then I think four Dodgers, three Cubs, and three more against the Dodgers to close it out. How important in your eyes is that 13 game stretch? Not only just to potentially pass the Cardinals in the next couple of days, but to to give the team the confidence that they really are able to be one of those contending teams because there's no there's no better test in the National League than the Dodgers. No offense to the Mets or the Padres. The Dodgers are the gold standard right now. Well, they are, and it's one team, obviously, the Brewers have not been able to uh, to beat in the postseason either, so um, I, I think right now I'm kind of looking at this uh, 
really the finality of the season, but more importantly, this stretch you're talking about here in the next few weeks, um, this team just needs to play well. And if it's successful against these teams we're talking about, um, it's only going to benefit them down the road. I I don't know if the Brewers need a boost of confidence per se. I just think they need to play well, you know, against good teams and just need to, to understand right now this is kind of a, a jump start to the biggest portion of the regular season. Let's face it, we've got, what, six or seven weeks to go. Um, they're in a tight division race here right now. They're going to see the Cardinals seven more times. They're going to see them on the road. They're going to see them at home. They're going to see the Dodgers on the road. They're going to see them at home. Um, so these are – they're going to see the Mets. They're going to see the Yankees. Um, their, their season is far from done. And it it should only add, hopefully, to the excitement of being in a pennant chase if if you're a player on that team. It's one thing for the fans, but um, you gear up a little bit when, you know, you go on the road to a a full house rather than going on the road to an empty house like Cincinnati or Pittsburgh. So um, hopefully this stuff will, uh, will all add up in a positive way for them, that's for sure. Craig Kashan joining us in the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Over this 13-game stretch, what's successful to you? Is it is seven and six good enough? Is six and seven even good enough at this point? Uh, I don't. I don't think anything with a losing record from this point. I mean, I. I think the bottom line is I, I'm not sure um, this team right now is poised to go on a winning streak, but it, it's certainly very good enough to to win some series. So if they win series, you know, this next thirteen, they'll they'll have a winning stretch during that, and and I think that absolutely has to be the goal i mean you, you don't want to lose look they're only a half game out right in the uh in the uh, division race here right now but they're a game out in the wild card as well you don't want to start taking steps back um because the further back you drop the fewer games there are to be played at the end and the more more of other teams and matchups you know that that now you're becoming reliable on so uh keep winning these series i think it, it sounds simple um it, it's a little more realistic than I think than saying that this team can rip off, you know, nine or ten straight wins. Great if they do, but uh, just win series here right now. Don't want to uh, brush past the very important news we had yesterday from the Bucks as well. I, I told Sam might have been the biggest thing the Bucks have done in the last five years, and that's including the uh, championship. The purple jerseys are coming back. Do you does that does that mean anything to you, or is that just uh, all right? Well, it's another. Well, this is the Light 'Em Up Classic Edition, I believe, is the title. They they have so many different ones, but but seeing the purple, I mean, to me, it's been it's been 15 years waiting. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. I I, I thought the purple jerseys, uh, and they were put away for a long time. But I think you know, with fan interest in the way that they they have created different uh, sets of uniforms now and different color schemes, uh, it's fun for the fans. I think the players get a kick out of wearing. You know all the different varieties of uniforms as well. The purple jersey to me, Scott, is takes me back to because I'm an old guy now. It takes me back to my first year of working uh, Bucks and Brewers uh, was 2001. So that was uh, their run all the way through the. It's Eastern a good Conference year to start final. on. Yeah, for sure, and uh, some lean times after that in the purples, but um, sure. those are that's the year I'm going to remember with the big three and. Uh, I mean, that has to come to every Bucks fan mind that was around back then and, uh, 
and you know appreciated uh, how good that basketball team was and how close they were about taking it to the NBA Finals. So it'll be fun to see him back. Yeah, no, and it was one of those things that I like. I remember when I was growing up and seeing those purple jerseys. Didn't appreciate them at the time. Definitely didn't appreciate them, but uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder, I guess. Craig Kashan, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. You got it. Have a good one. You too. That's uh, Craig Kashan, Brewers and Bucks host on Bally Sports Wisconsin. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at Craig Kashan. He joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank Hotline help you with experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. We'll be right back on 1250 AM The Fan. Welcome back to the Fan Afternoon Show, 1250 AM The Fan. Scott Grodsky, Sam Schmitz on the mics. Never miss a moment from the fan again. With the free Odyssey app, you can download the Fan Afternoon Show and listen whenever and wherever works best for you. We were just joined by Craig Kashan, Brewers and Bucks host on Bally Sports Wisconsin. We'll continue the Brewers conversation here. Uh, David Stearns has gone through a lot since getting hired by the Brewers initially as general manager. I believe he was the youngest GM in baseball when he was hired, had a lot of success right away, obviously had the Yelich and and Kane uh, moves that sort of jump-started this four- or five-year stretch of sustained success, had as many bites of the apple as possible, and uh, has since been promoted, I think, in large part to try to avoid him leaving uh, was promoted to president of baseball operations after the Mets came calling a little bit. And uh, Sam telling me that there's a little rumblings of some more movement possibly. Yeah, John Heyman, our MLB Odyssey insider, who has joined the Wendy's Big Show frequently and is a friend of show, he came out with an article today about David Stearns and pretty much talking about the stuff that we've all speculated all season long about David Stearns potentially going to the New York Mets uh, if he decided to and leave the Milwaukee Brewers. But Really, the most important thing in uh, John Heyman's article was the fact that he pointed out that the clause in David Stearns' contract is that he can opt out if the Brewers advance in October this season. So, potentially, if the Brewers get far enough, David Stearns could elect to leave the Milwaukee Brewers if that's what he decided to do. And obviously, I think the obvious choice, despite their record right now, would be for David Stearns to leave and join his team that he always rooted for growing up in the New York Mets. And you brought up a good point, Scott. I mean, like, what else can David Stearns add to the New York Mets? I mean, they're already one of the best teams in the division. But, I mean, the thing is, I mean, just imagine if David Stearns is tired of kind of getting the best out of these players that have kind of reached the end of their career or, you know, are are kind of the the land of misfit toys. If He's kind of getting tired of that. I mean, imagine what David Stearns can do with the payroll that Steve Cohen gives him. Yeah, and I think that's a a fair question to look at. To me, Stearns at this point, now that he is president of baseball operations, he's not going to be brought in to the Mets to be their general manager. He'd be brought in at the same title. Yeah. Uh, I, I always forget that Matt Arnold is the GM right yeah, now. Just because you never hear it, from the guy. Yeah, And every and, time a move is made, I mean, David Stearns is talking in the press conference after the Josh Hader trade. It was the same thing for a while with the White Sox when Kenny Williams was uh, the president there, and it, he was the shadow GM for a while for them as well. I, to me... I think it's it's possible. I think that the Mets' success this year makes it more unlikely. I don't know that Steve Cohen needs to to get someone else. They have uh, Billy Epler as the GM this year, and obviously the stuff they've been doing has been working. It's not, to me, the, the most immediate comparison obviously has to be the Moneyball era, uh, Billy Bean. And it was a very different spot where the smaller market A's and the smaller market Brewers had this young up and coming executive and the much bigger market, bigger money team of the Red Sox 
wanted to, to get Billy Bean in there. He obviously turned down that contract. Um, the Red Sox were in much worse shape than the Mets are right now. The Red Sox were rebuilding. The Red Sox were not bad, but the Red Sox were not one of the favorites to win the, the World Series at this point, which is what the Mets are. So I don't know if the offer will be there from the Mets the way that it has been in the past. That said, Steve Cohen and the the New York Mets do have the money to where they could throw it at Stearns anyway, yeah. uh, because what's the harm? There's no downside to it. Uh, and and I, I don't know. I, I go back and forth on it. I think it's a, it's a good question you brought up of whether or not you're worried that David Stearns will leave the Brewers. I can tell you I am... If he does leave the Brewers, I'm worried about the, the future. Yeah, I think Stearns has proven himself. Sometimes there are moves that we don't like. Sometimes there are moves that fans don't like. Sometimes there are moves that we love that don't work out. But for the most part, his track record has been pretty astonishingly good. And when there has been a miss, he's fixed it. Yeah, I mean, he admitted to the Jonathan Scope trade that that was a bad trade on his part, but I mean, mm-hmm. even the best GMs are not going to hit on every acquisition because at the end of the day, it's on the players. And I think un- just it's crazy to think about David Stearns' time in Milwaukee in this short period that what he's done with the trades that he has been involved with. I mean, you think of like even bringing in guys like Eric Thames and then adding guys like Yasmani Grandal and Mike Moustakis who are just crucial parts to those teams in the playoffs. It, I could see him, you know, obviously if he just wanted to – fulfill his childhood dream it makes sense to go to the New York Mets I mean they're pretty much already set based on what their previous GM that you just mentioned has already done but I will say this it was one thing for the Mets to do what they did this offseason and add you know Starling Marte Max Scherzer but it was another thing for those guys to stay healthy and actually contribute because we've seen in other ball clubs all around baseball you can still bring in all the talent in the world but sometimes it might not click so yeah I, I Part of me, maybe it's the fact that I'm the it's the fan in me and just that I'm talking myself into it. Part of me thinks that he actually does want to finish the job here in Milwaukee before he does leave because I think he realizes he could leave pretty much whenever and anytime he wants, but I don't think he really wants to leave. Yeah, it's not like he needs to strike while the iron's hot. If he if yeah. he wants to leave in three years, he can leave in three years. Right, but part of me, I mean, man, I would just be so frustrated having to, although I know I've done it in the past and I know the owner believes in me, it's just so frustrating, you know, working with the limited amount of resources that you have in a small market like the Milwaukee Brewers, and you just, you know, you probably go to bed and you put your head on the pillow and dream like, man, what could I do with the hundred plus million dollar payroll if I'm doing what I'm doing right now at the Milwaukee Brewers? I do think one thing that gets overlooked occasionally with Stearns, and it's the same thing with John Horst. It's one of the strengths I think of both of those GMs. Well, for Stearns, GM turned president of baseball operations, but for Roster construction purposes, we'll call them GMs. It's it's a strength that they both have had in common. When they miss, they aren't afraid to keep shooting until they hit. And you mentioned Jonathan Scope. It, it took a while to to get the middle of the infield shored up a little bit. Yeah. Scope was a miss. Arcia was a miss. They kept going. Eric and Sogard. <laughs> Eric Twice. Sogard was a kind of hit for a little bit and then a miss. Twice. <laughs> Jed Jerko. Uh, they kept going until they got to a spot where, I mean, Colton Wong isn't necessarily an all-star uh, that he was, you know, briefly four or five years ago, but he's solid. Yeah. Willie Adamas, I did not like the trade at the time because I didn't like that they kept they kept reshooting at shortstop. You and me both and Rami, we all ate curl in that trade. Because we at the time we just didn't realize that Willie Adams It was the right move. Yeah, Willie Adams just had a tough time really hitting the ball at Tropicana Field. Now, granted, his batting average dipped down to kind of what it was. But even back that, then. he he's had he has the power at least yeah. this year to make up for it. So to me, that and that's something that Horse did really well too. 
DJ Augustine was a three-year, $21 million contract. That was very clear three weeks into a three-year contract. He was not going to work here. So they packaged it off. They found a way to get P.J. Tucker, and they found a way to have a much better roster construction. That, to me, is the sign of a really, not just a good general manager, but a great general manager, when even the moves that you think in your head, this is the move that we need, this is the kind of player we need, once you realize that that's not the kind of player you need, you're able to move on and cut bait instead of sticking with something that you're invested in just because you invested in it. Yeah, own up to it. But, man, man, on top of that, just think of the guys that they brought in even this year. I mean, where would the Spurs' offense be without Andrew McCutcheon, who I think you and I were kind of skeptical. Which, again, I didn't like that move either. No, but, I mean, look, I mean, at the end of the day, like for being 36 years old, he has definitely been a crucial part of the Spurs' mm-hmm. offense. So, even, And I know you don't like that he's hitting cleanup right now, and I don't disagree with you, but Mike Brasso has been a good addition. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they have found ways to, to get good additions – the price points they can do. And that's where I understand the fear of could David Stearns leave? Because instead of having to bargain hunt and find an Andrew McCutcheon or a Mike Brasso, you could instead be, you know, in the Carlos Correa sweepstakes or something along those lines. That's something that just can't be offered in Milwaukee. No. So it's, it's just something, uh, it's just a conversation that I think we all kind of pushed to the side that we haven't really flushed out because John Heyman kind of brought it up that, you know, look, it could be a realistic opportunity even if the Brewers go as far as they can in the playoffs, it could be a realistic situation based on uh, this, you know, after this year. So it's just interesting because we always throw around David Stearns and the Mets. We always hear about other people asking about him and the Mets and you know, his time growing up as a fan. So after hearing his comments too, from, you know, where we got the term, you know, bites out of the apple a lot, to me, the tone just seemed a little weird with him talking about how they did it for Mark's family and the fans that never want to have a extended rebuilding phase, which is true, but you know, usually he doesn't really bring up stuff like that. So. Yeah, I mean, it, everything around the team was weird for that week. Uh, so I, I get what you're saying. I don't want to read too much into anything right. over the last week because it was just such a a strange, bizarre time. Talking Brewers baseball, David Stearns. Whether or not you're worried about him leaving the team, you can call in four one four six seven seven twelve fifty. It's four one four. 677-1250. Also going to be switching over to Packers a little bit. They get ready for their first preseason game coming up tonight. What do you consider to be a successful game against the 49ers? We'll dive into that coming up next on The Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.